Here we go. It's time for our Big 12 football power rankings for week. Jeez, can you believe it? Two weeks to go. Week 12 of the Big 12 football season. I'm Pete Mundo. It is great to be here with you as always as we count it down from 10 to 1. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Leave that five-star rating and review if you could. Take 30 seconds out. YouTube, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. And, of course, on Facebook Live, thank you guys for being here and for sharing the show as you do each and every time. So let's do it. Let's count down this week's Big 12 football power rankings and start at number 10. I don't know what else to say except for Iowa State was out of the basement for a hot minute, and now they're back in the basement at number 10 this week. The offense, ugly. What else can you say? But that defense, that offense is hideous. As good as that defense is to watch, the offense is mostly that bad to watch for Iowa State. I mean, Iowa State was going up against an Oklahoma State defense that had given up nearly 90 points the last two weeks, and they muster 14. Just terrible. I mean, until they get the offense figured out, and maybe that'll happen after an offseason and Hunter Deckers gets comfortable and maybe they figure out a running game. But until then, I don't see how Matt Campbell gets this team to compete again at the top of the Big 12 with this offense as it currently exists. I just don't know how he does it, to be completely frank with you. So I've got Iowa State at number 10 this week in the Big 12 football power rankings. At number 9, the Oklahoma Sooners. They were seven-point favorites on the road against West Virginia, a bad football team, and they lose it 23-20 at home. You've got a lot of finger-pointing going on, former players calling out current players. Everybody's pointing at Brent Venables. It's ugly in Norman. They're 5-5. Five and five. OU's got to win one of these next two games against Oklahoma State or Texas Tech just to get to a bowl game this year. Who saw that coming? Not me. I imagine not most of you. I mean, this has been as ugly as you could possibly imagine for Brent Venables in year one. And OU is rightfully number nine in our Big 12 football power rankings this week falling from number seven. At number eight, the West Virginia Mountaineers. I've got them at number eight. They beat OU. i got to put them ahead of OU, but I'm not putting them much ahead because they were 10th last week. But credit to Garrett Green. Dude came in, gave this team a much-needed dual-threat look, and uh, got the job done with 119 rushing yards on the afternoon to really lead, lead West Virginia to that win over Oklahoma. So I'm putting West Virginia in that uh, number seven spot, eight spot this week for our Big 12 football power rankings. They got to win out to reach a bowl game. At number seven, the Kansas Jayhawks are seven in the power rankings this week. Now, KU's dropping. They've lost four of five after falling to Texas Tech on Saturday. The problem's the defense, not the offense. I know Jalen Daniels hasn't been around, but Jason Bean's been fine. The problem for Kansas has been... A completely inept defense. When you're giving up 250 rushing yards to Texas Tech, they don't even have an offensive line. And they're rushing for six yards a clip on your D. That is bad for this Kansas uh, run defense. They have not had much going on that side of the ball, and that's been their Achilles heel over this last you know five-game stretch. And now 
You got Bijan Robinson coming to town. Now, I know Bijan was kept in check by TCU, but you just gave up 250 to Texas Tech, and you got Bijan coming to town? You better figure out that run defense real fast if you're Lance Leipold and the Kansas Jayhawks. I've got Kansas at seven this week in the power rankings. At number six, the Baylor Bears. Baylor dropped all the way down from number two. They had a chance. Nobody let their fan base down like Baylor this weekend. Home crowd, night game in Waco, Big 12 uh, title appearance on the line. Not actually on the line, but the loser of this game was going to be out of the Big 12 title race, basically. The winner would be in great position. And Baylor gets waxed 31-3. to Now, I'm not taking anything away from Kansas State at all. But uh, let's just also say it's oftentimes a little bit of both. K-State played a great game, and Baylor failed to show up. This was incredibly disappointing, and we can now call this Baylor season a disappointment because they're not going to get back to a Big 12 title game. It's not going to happen for them. I mean, barring some kind of just craziness over the next couple of weeks, they're out of the picture, and this season is officially a disappointment for the Baylor Bears. Moving on to the power rankings, Oklahoma State number five up from number six. They won. They beat Iowa State. It was hideous. It was the ugliest game of the weekend. Spencer Sanders came in, led them uh, to a touchdown drive. They went up 17-14 early in the fourth quarter, never looked back. Defense stepped up. Two things I didn't think I'd say before the game. Number one, Spencer Sanders playing. I didn't see that coming. And then number two, the Oklahoma State defense actually playing well. And the Oklahoma State defense had not done a thing these last couple of weeks. So they showed up. They looked good. I just want to see it against a little bit better of an offense than Iowa State. But either way, you take it and you run with it and you take the win. At number four in the uh, power rankings this week, Texas Tech, a big jump from number eight. Maybe you say it's too high, but they won on Saturday. It was a more impressive win than any of the teams below them, which is Oklahoma State. And, you know, it was a convincing victory over KU. And it was thanks to their rushing attack, which I talked about earlier. If Texas Tech could run the ball like that, they'd be in a much different position right now than where they're at in the Big 12. If they can find that balance, it looks like Tyler Shuck is going to start again uh, this week, then they're, they're in position. They're in position to make a run. Um, and, you know, let's see what the schedule. They, they've got, why am I blanking? They got Oklahoma in two weeks, and they have uh, Iowa State this week. So they went out, they got a bowl game. And, or no, let me see here. They got to win one more. Excuse me. Texas Tech has to win one more game to get to a bowl game. They're sitting at five and five. So this is, I mean, they could win both of these games, to be honest. I, I mean, Iowa State on the road and then Oklahoma at home for senior day, they could finish seven and five. There's no doubt in my mind they could do it. I'd say a split's a lot more likely, but a 7-5 and five is not out of the equation for Texas Tech. At number three in the power rankings, uh, Texas stays at number three. This is where they were last week. The defense actually played TCU pretty well. I mean, you hold TCU to 17 points, you think you're going to win the game. Problem is the offense was non-existent. It literally scored three points all night. I mean, they, the TCU offense, Max Duggan gifted Texas it's only touchdown of the night, which came on that turnover late in the game from the defense. So, 
you know, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, Texas is going to need help. They're four and three in league play to make a Big 12 championship. They're a game behind Kansas State, but Texas does own that tiebreaker. So now the Longhorns got to play Kansas, a Kansas team that beat them last year in one of the biggest upsets of the season. So do not assume anything as we look at that game between Kansas and Texas this weekend as the Longhorns stay at number three. They did lose, but you know when you lose to a top four team in the country, I'm not going to drop you a whole lot depending on how the rest of the league plays out. At number two, I've got K-State. K-State did bounce back from that big win against Texas, uh, that big loss against Texas, to get a big win over Baylor on Saturday night in Waco as underdogs. It was arguably the most impressive win of the season to me for the Wildcats. They dominated the Bears on both sides of the ball, and now uh, it looks like it's going to be Will Howard going forward. There are reports that Adrian Martinez is out for at least the rest of the regular season with that leg injury. And I'm fine with that. I mean, at this point, when I watch Will Howard, I see the better of the two quarterbacks. I see a guy that gets the ball downfield, spreads the field better, and uh, just gives me a little more. Martinez is obviously the better runner. But if I'm looking to uh, open the field, get guys downfield, get guys into space, who can hit that throw, I'm trusting Will Howard. Really, Will Howard's development from last year this year is one of the most impressive one-year jumps I've seen in a long time for a Big 12 player. I never thought Will Howard would amount to a Power 5 quarterback. Never mind a guy who could win you games and compete for a Big 12 championship. I didn't think Will Howard could be that guy. And he's proven to be that guy and much more based on what we've seen over the last couple of weeks from him. So K-State's number two in the power rankings. And last, but of course not least, the TCU Horn Frogs are number one. They're 10-0. They beat Texas on the road. TCU's defense played its best game of the season by far. They made Quinn Ewers look pedestrian, and they won the game. But if that defense continues to show up and the offense remains its strength, powered by Max Duggan and Kendra Miller and Quinton Johnston, this team can make a college football playoff. There's no doubt in my mind. They probably have to be 13-0 to do it, but they can absolutely do it. So there are your Big 12 football power rankings for the week. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is, of course, how you find us covering the Big 12 top to bottom. So uh, other Big 12 news and notes. Shane Lyons is out as athletic director in Morgantown. What do you think of that, West Virginia fans? Now, I totally get it, and frankly, it signals to me that the Mountaineers are serious about making a change, and while the university has said they have not decided on Neil Brown's future, how does Neil Brown possibly survive this? How does Neil Brown survive the firing of the AD who hired him and the AD who gave him an extension in April of 2021 when Brown had a record of 11-11 and at the time? an extension that pushed his contract through 2026 when the guy had been nothing but mediocre to that point in time. Tell me how Neil Brown survives that. I don't see how it happens. And there's been a lot of criticism uh, levied at Shane Lyons. I think a lot of it is uh, fair. I think a lot of that is reasonable. 
not only the Neil Brown side of this, but um, according to ESPN, there were multiple reports that came down in terms of the why behind Shane Lyons getting canned as West Virginia's AD. But um, revenue was a problem from the standpoint of trying to figure out new revenue streams. That's something that Shane Lyons apparently struggled with, didn't do a good enough job of. Um, and while he's well-respected as an administrator, ESPN uh, also noted that uh, it just it wasn't all there. It wasn't all there, and the Neil Brown um, extension, I don't know if that was the final straw. Probably this year on the football field was the final straw, but apparently they're going to be looking for somebody with a strong business background in their search for their next athletic director. Now, what else is popular when you hire a new AD? When you hire a new AD, oftentimes what you'll do is you'll let that AD be paired with a football coach of their choice. Are you really going to bring in a new AD if you're West Virginia and leave that AD with Neil Brown? Are you going to do that? Or are you going to say, hey, new guy in charge, he gets to pick his athletic director. What are you going to do? What's your move going to be? I, I think that West Virginia, to me, is is very much serious about just hitting the reset button here. And why would you after the last four years of football under this program? I know they beat Oklahoma over the weekend, and that's a good win, although Oklahoma's not very good. But it's a good win just because any win is a good win for West Virginia at this point in time. So you take the win, and maybe, maybe if they went out and make a bowl game, you think twice about Neil Brown's future. But even then, are you just extending the inevitable? That's what it kind of would feel like. And they got to play K-State and Oklahoma State. I mean, can they beat both of them? Will they beat both of them? I don't think so. But even if they do, is that delaying the inevitable? We see first-year coaches win all over the place. Do we need to just look to Sonny Dykes at TCU? Now, I get TCU's got a better group of talent to work with than West Virginia, but the notion that you need five years in today's environment to turn around the college football program, uh, no, you don't. And that gets proven every single year. I understand that Dana Holgerson left the cupboard pretty bare at West Virginia, and he did. There's no doubt. Dana Holgerson knew when to get out of Dodge. Dana Holgerson knew he had a major rebuild on his hands after his final team uh, you know, left, and he moved on to Houston in part because I think he knew what was coming. But you're four years into this Neil Brown experiment, and it's clearly not showing any signs of getting better. It's just kind of stuck in the mud and mediocrity. So, you know, the Mountaineers and the university can say, we don't know what the future is for Neil Brown, or we haven't made that decision yet. It's how it's being portrayed. But I don't know how the guy stays here. I don't know how you're going to go hire a new big shot AD and then say you're stuck with Neil Brown for at least one more year. Because we don't want to pay the buyout. That's a bad look anyway. I don't think any legitimate AD would take the job if he knows he's got to stay with Neil Brown for the foreseeable future. I don't think he'd take it. Because it would also show a bit of a cheapness on the standpoint of West Virginia. I know it's a big buyout. It's something like $16, $17 million. But you know what? That's the cost of doing business. Lions should have never given the extension. It was unnecessary. It was dumb. But now you got to pay the price, and ultimately you got to uh, figure out how to move on. And that's a decision that I think West Virginia appears very serious about 
with their decision to move on on Monday uh, from Shane Lyons. So uh, there you go, as West Virginia is shaking it up. And we'll see what this means for recruiting, because remember, with the early signing period, there's not a lot of time to mess around. you got early signing period that's going to be coming up in about a month. So players want to sign. Players want to be done. Are you going to try to get in a new coach before the early signing period if you're West Virginia? Who's the head coach going to be? I mean, that's why oftentimes teams cut bait earlier now with their head coaches because they want to be at the front of the line for hiring because then you got to turn around a recruiting class by mid to late December. It's not like the old days where you can get rid of a guy in December and then he's got two and a half months by you know early mid-February to put together a class, a recruiting class for the year. It doesn't work like that anymore. And you don't want to set the program behind even further by not having, uh, you know, a, a decent recruiting class. So there are a lot of questions right now in Morgantown, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Very interesting. Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com, covering the Big 12 Conference top to bottom is how you find us. Uh, a couple of news and notes around quarterbacks in the league. It looks like Tyler Shuck, as I noted earlier, is going to get the start against Iowa State. Baron Morton, not likely to play, dealing with the injury. Uh, that's number one. I've seen that Spencer Sanders, Mike Gundy saying that Spencer Sanders could go, might be able to go. I think Spencer Sanders is playing in Bedlam. You really think Spencer Sanders is not going to play in Bedlam this weekend? And a chance to beat OU in Norman and just kind of, I don't, there's no nail to put in the coffin, so to speak, but uh, it could be a nail in the coffin on OU's season because if they fall to five and six, they got to beat Texas Tech to get to a bowl game this year. Nobody predicted that. So I, I see no way that Spencer Sanders is not on the field taking snaps in Norman this weekend. Dude came in. I get it that his shoulder's banged up, but he came in. He saved his team against Iowa State. You're telling me that he is not going to be out there this Saturday? I don't believe it. You can't put Gunnar Gundy back in that game. That, that's too big a spot for Gunnar Gundy. You can't do it. Garrett Rangel, the freshman's not ready. Good player, but he's not ready. Um you got to go Sanders, and I believe that Spencer's going to want to play in this game. He probably got some confidence at the end of that game last week. OU's defense stinks. He can carve them up, and he's really their only chance and their best chance to win the game. So put him in. I think he's going to want to play, and I think Sanders is playing. Uh, also looking like Jalen Daniels may be able to go on Saturday for Kansas when they host Texas. How, how weird is this to say? If Kansas, whoever Kansas plays a quarterback, I feel good about. And Jalen Daniels is a hell of a player. But Jason Bean has not been the problem for this team who's lost four or five. They can't stop anybody. If you can't slow down Bijan Robinson on Saturday and you just gave up 250 yards to Texas Tech of all teams, then it's not going to matter if you got Jalen Daniels or you've got Jason Bean or you got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. It's not going to matter much you got to stop the run. Kansas has got to figure out how to stop the run. So I'm happy for Jalen Daniels that he may come back and he might be able to play for the first time since he got knocked out of the TCU game. But uh, man, oh man, that's not going to be the difference in this one. And I do hope, speaking of quarterback moves, just looking around the league, I hope that Garrett Green gets the start for West Virginia. He deserves it over JT Daniels. 
He gives them a dual threat look, which they desperately need due to that depleted running game. And uh, it just gives them a different, uh, it gives that offense a little more juice, a little more juice. I think that's very important. And then as I noted earlier, I'd go Will Howard at K-State. If I'm Kansas State and I'm going into these final two games, I'll tell you what, I want Will Howard at quarterback over Adrian Martinez. Going to Morgantown this weekend, never easy to play there, depending on what the weather is especially. Then you've got the Sunflower Showdown, which got prime time on Fox. Did you see that? The final week of the regular season, the 7 p.m. Central game on Big Fox is the Sunflower Showdown. KUK State, baby. (laughs) Oh, I didn't see that coming, but what a time to be alive. Now, K-State's probably going to be playing for a chance to be in the Big 12 title game, so I get it. But, man, oh, man, I would have never guessed that one back in August. Hey, Pete, what's going to be the Big Fox primetime game uh, Thanksgiving weekend on Saturday? Oh, yeah, KUK-State, obviously. Never would have guessed that. Oh, this has been a heck of a Big 12 season. I love every second of it. Thank you guys for being here, for being a part of the show. I'm Pete Mundo. If you're on the podcast, take 30 seconds. Leave that five-star rating and review. Would so appreciate it if you did that. That's why I'm giving you these free Heartland College Sports koozies when you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So grateful for that. Hit the like button on the video and Facebook. Always appreciate you guys being here, the comments, and uh, the shares as well. Really helps this show grow as we are and have been for a very long time now, the premier independent Big 12 digital media outlet reaching millions of Big 12 fans every single month. Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.